This week on Twip Weddings, being a great wedding photographer takes more than great technical skill and knowing your way around a camera. There are a number of soft skills and certain personality traits that go a long way towards being a great wedding photographer. A recent article on Picker shared some of the must-have personality traits for wedding photographers, and we thought it would be fun to discuss what personality traits we think make good wedding photographers. And welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. My name is Bruce Clark, and look, we've got the band back together. We've got Robert Evans and Brian Capricci together in the same room. All in two countries. I was beginning to think you guys were like the president and the vice president, and we couldn't have you in the same place at the same time. <laughs> Glad to be back. Excellent. So this week, um, this week's episode, we're going to talk about some of the must have personality traits of wedding photographers. But before we get into that topic, we want to remind you how you can participate in the show. We've got several different ways to interact with us. First, you can visit the website at thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings. Uh, there you will find the show notes for each episode, which contain links to everything we mentioned on the show. Uh, you can also leave your comments and feedback for us in the comments section. If you have a question or a suggestion for a topic that you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, just click on the contact us link at the top of the page and then select Twip Weddings from the drop down list to send us a message. Uh, or if you prefer using Twitter, uh, you can add the hashtag TwipWed and we'll keep our eye out for your posts. Uh, we're also on Instagram and on Facebook, so check us out there. Join in. Uh, we just had a couple we just gave away recently, a couple of... Uh, of uh, Roberto Venezuela's books over there through our Facebook group. So it pays to be a Facebook member of our Facebook group. So there you go. So let's, uh, let's jump into it. What do you guys say? All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I ran across this article um, on a website and we'll, we'll put a link um, to it in the, in the show notes, but I was uh, ran across this article on picker and it basically they, they had talked to other um, wedding photographers and asked them what they thought some of the, you know, must have personality traits. I think we can all agree, right. To be a good wedding photographer, you got to have the technical skill, right. And you got to know yeah. your way around your camera, but it really goes, you know, extends way beyond that, right? There's a lot of soft skills and certain personality traits that can go a long way towards being a great wedding photographer. So today we thought it'd be fun to kind of share our thoughts on the article and just talk about what traits we think would be good to have if you're going to be a wedding photographer. So I want to throw it out to you guys. First of all, did you guys get a chance to kind of review, look, look through the article and, and look at some of the personality traits that they um, that these four, they talked to four photographers and each photographer gave a personality trait. Mm -hmm. So the four personality traits they came up with were empathy, composure, uh, honesty, and passion. So those were the four personality traits that they, that they listed. Do you guys agree? Disagree? No, I, I agree. Those are some good starts. Um, you know, I think personality is probably, sometimes the more important i mean we always talk about you know it's usually the number one thing like hey if you're going to choose your photographer you know i always say choose someone that you would invite to your wedding anyway if they weren't photographing your wedding the personality is a is a huge issue and i think composure is also you know that one jumps out to me like how you deal with situations and people on the wedding day uh, is super important because they don't always go perfectly Mm -hmm. And so how you deal with it, I mean, you can have a little bit of a disaster, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, but it just really depends on, you know, how you deal with it. Yeah. Keeping your cool under, under pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, either of you guys, have you ever lost your composure on a wedding day? 
I, I haven't. No, I, I can think of. <laughs> in, like either, either you know, not maybe not in front of the client, but maybe like <clears throat> where you went away and was just like, oh. <laughs> I have. I can think. I'll tell you a funny story. This was <laughs> this was like years and years ago. I never did it in front of the clients either, but I was doing a wedding at the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills or the Regent Beverly Wilshire, and um, I had this groom. Um, and he was somehow in the music business. He was super important. And um, I was doing family photos. And, you know, because I had to. And the bride wanted them. And her mom wanted them. And while we were doing them, like, you could clearly see on his face that he wasn't into doing these photos. Like, he roll. I mean, literally rolling his eyes and doing whatever he could to be obnoxious. and. And, and sometimes even mocking me. Oh, really? And when that happened, I was like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> and, but I was like smiling and I was like doing my job. And, but boy, I needed to vent when I was done because it was like 30 minutes of hell. And um, so we finished and then we had like a little time. I think this was all prior to ceremony. So we had a little time prior to the ceremony. And uh, my sister and I went into the bathroom that was kind of near the room where we were we went in there it was a small bathroom like only two stalls one urinal and i literally like looked under you know made sure nobody was in the stalls and then i just went off i was like that's did you and you know we were like i know i know i mean we just went on for like 10 or 15 minutes and in the bathroom in the bathroom and just (laughs) You know, I just felt better. Nice. I just needed to get that out. <laughs> get it out. Yep. I just, I was like, oh my, cause I'd never been treated that way or had someone just be that obnoxious. So all done, you know, wash your hands, walk out the door. So just outside the bathroom, there was like a little like sitting area and I walk out the door and the groom was sitting right there. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> that same guy. But you know what? I didn't even care. Like I was just so like, I just smirked at him and walked away. So I don't know whether he did or did not hear my whole tirade, but you know. Yeah. Oh, that was another groom I was talking about. Yeah. Not you. No. <laughs> Not you, you short little bald piece of. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, how about you? Have you ever have you ever lost your composure? No, I, I've, I've never. I mean, I uh, I photograph every wedding with my wife, and so her and I are very much on the same wavelength in terms of um, nonverbal communication. So I think even just like when situations have happened or when stress you know goes up or something that we don't you know necessarily agree with, we can kind of both just look at each other and we know exactly what we're thinking. <laughs> so yeah, you know. it's almost right. a great way to kind of get get it off your chest without actually having to get it off your chest. Um, we, we have this thing sometimes, you know, if we're, if we're like sitting down or eating dinner or whatever, um, if something is happening and we're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. We'll both kind of like press our legs against each other and 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 press. So we're both kind of like, are you serious right now? So we yeah. kind of do it in like it's nonverbal really ways, but no, yeah. we've never actually freaked out. I mean, certainly sometimes we've left a reception and been like, oh my gosh, like, did you see whatever? Did you hear whatever? But it's never been anything we've done in front of a client or in, in a way that a client could potentially hear us unless they mic'd us somehow and heard our conversations right. on the way home. Yeah. So I think that's important, like keeping your composure and keeping your cool and, and being calm under pressure. I think that's what our clients you know, expect from us. Right. Yeah. They, they and a lot of times, particularly if there isn't a planner or, or anybody else around, they if things start to go sideways or go south, who's the first person they generally look to? 
is a lot of times it's us, right? Mm. Because we're there and they figure we probably have the most experience with weddings. So what's some advice you guys can give in terms of like keeping calm under pressure when, when, you know, the, how the floor is falling out from underneath you and everything's falling apart. What do you guys, what do you guys have any like tips or strategies to kind of like keep your cool and keep your, keep calm under those situations and not show fear? <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of like I um I th- this is something that I, I think I do fairly well in general in life, not necessarily just about, uh, you know, photographing a wedding. And I think that this is something um, where I love the idea of this conversation being about personality traits, not just not just a facade that you put on on a wedding day. I think that these things need to be something that's very ingrained in who you are as a person. Like you have mm-hmm. to be someone that doesn't externalize stress very well or doesn't get overwhelmed very easily. And And if you do, then either you need to find ways to work on that or maybe wedding photography isn't necessarily for you yeah being you can, honest with yourself about it right yeah Not, totally and and yeah. that was actually one of the things that they put there and i think it's it's you know a good a good thing to have is like don't try and be someone you're not Right. So if you're if you if you do get overwhelmed easily, if you don't deal well with multitasking or, you know, many things happening at the same time, if you if you get overwhelmed like that, then I don't think, you know, weddings is going to be the place for you. You can put that sort of face on all you want. But under pressure, when push comes to shove on that wedding day, when you're under that stress, you're going to crack under it if it's not who you genuinely are. Um, so I, So I think in general, in terms of like how I deal with that, internalize it in terms of um everyday life let alone not just necessarily a wedding but i always kind of look at it and i always say my wife she always gets upset at me for this because she's like why are you not getting upset about this and i'm like there's nothing i can do and so that's how i've always dealt with things where it's like if it's something that i can have an effect on then i'll do what i have to do to make the outcome positive if it's something that i can't control i kind of take this dance where it's like well i'm gonna have to deal with this anyways because i can't control it so what am i gonna do right yeah, and, and, I'll, and I'll do and whatever about, I can. Yeah, yeah, you get stressed and worried about something that you cannot affect. Um, so, so that's something that I think is is a good way to deal with. It. At least, again, that's how I deal with it. One of the best books that I ever read, and actually, as I'm saying this, I, I want to reread it now just to because it's been quite a, quite a while. Um, it's a Dale Carnegie book, but it's not the book that most people would be thinking of when I say Dale Carnegie. Yeah, it's How um, to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, so you think How to Win Friends and Influence People, which I think the concepts in that are very relatable to the conversation that we're going to have today. Um, but I think Dale Carnegie has another book, and it's something to do with how to deal with stress. I forget the actual title of it. Uh, maybe I'll look it up here while I'm doing it. Sure. Um, but it, it basically, he talks about things like that, like here's how you deal with overwhelm. Here's how you deal with stress. Here's how you can um, not be worried about all these things. Actually, I think it's worry. How to Dale Carnegie, how to deal with worry. How to how deal with worry. To, yeah. Uh, how to stop worrying. That's what it's called. How to stop worrying. How to stop worrying and but... start living. Um, and it really addresses like all those things about dealing with overwhelm. You know, what's the worst that can happen? One principle he talks about is when you're, when you're faced with something like that, um, assume that the worst thing is going to happen. Right. So like, predict out whatever that is, right? Like, okay, so the worst thing that could happen is X. If you can find a way to become okay with that worst case scenario, then basically anything else is going to be better than that. Yeah. So so that's like one of his, you know, his teachings and one of his mechanisms on how to deal with that kind of stress, right? So um, yeah, I don't know if that's, that's some general things, but I do think that it needs to be something that you practice outside of shooting a wedding, right? It's got to be something that's so ingrained as part of who you are so that it comes out naturally on a wedding day. Yeah, I want to ask yeah. both of you guys, do you think if you're like a, a really quiet, shy, introverted person, that you can be a successful wedding photographer? Totally. I, yes, because that's me. Yeah. 
So do you find, like, do you have to kind of get out of a bit of that shell, Robert, on a, on a wedding day? Um, kind of get away from the inter... Because you do have to, at some point, kind of get out there and interact and, and kind of Yeah, take- it's something that I obviously learned early. Like, again, going back to some of my first memories of training to shoot weddings, like the first few times I went out with a photographer, and I worked with this one guy, I think I've told this story before, where he would stand behind the camera. He had a squeaky toy in his bag and he would wiggle his butt and he'd be like, all right, on three, everybody over here, say pizza. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way I could ever do this job. But, you know, of course I developed my own style and my mm-hmm. own interaction with people. Um, again, going back, remembering the first time I was handed the camera to go take a picture at a reception. Again, we shot Hasselblad and the photographer told me, he's like, all right, walk up to the couple, touch their hands. And say, hey, you guys, can I get a picture? And just back away, you know, 10 feet, whatever it was. We had the Hasselblad's preset. And I was so petrified about just disturbing them while they, while they were dancing. And, you know, one of those things. And even really, even today, like, um, I don't generally do it. I've said this before. I like, I'll usually have my assistants walk around cocktail hour and do the shots where there's three or four people standing around like, hey, you guys, let's get a picture. And I'll shoot, you know, uh, long lens candidates of people's. But occasionally I still have to do that. I find myself in that position. So I have to like come out of that shell and just, I just tell myself, I'm like, look, it's, I'm the one that's, you know, like Brian said, I'm the one that's making it worse in my own head or worrying about it. Um, So I just go do it, you know, but you know, you have to take control of people. You have to be in control. You have to be um, loud enough without yelling and pleasant and to you know, corral people and get them to what you want to do. And yeah, you have to be assertive sometimes. Right? Yep. And, and I've just learned to do that. I mean, again, I've talked a lot about, I do a lot of prep so that I set myself up for success on the wedding day and I'm not running around like a stressed chicken with my head cut off. So that definitely helps. Um, but yeah, I, I have to be assertive and I have to take control. And, and uh, I, I went through that process. I mean, I've been doing it a long time now. So uh, generally it's, it's sort of second nature, but I did have to get past that. But I think if you're that type of person, you have to ask yourself then, let's go with one of the other words, really, do you have enough passion to continue to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, is it something that you really love? And just recognize that's not your greatest quality, but challenge yourself and overcome it and, and, and do it. Because, I mean, like I said, I, I was that person. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, I'd much rather be the person to stand in the corner and watch what's going on, um, you know, even going to parties and things like that when I was younger, bars with girls, you know, like I was like, you come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't the one that was walking up with the cheesy line and the thing and the, you know, so. Did you fall from heaven or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking about that too when Brian was talking um, about doing this too. Like you really have to be authentic. Like if you're, if you're trying to be someone that you're not, uh, you know, a phony stands out a mile away and that's not going to help you in your business too. So you really need to be authentic. And I think most importantly, it's, you know, we've always say this, but really just be yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't have to do it, you know, just like I learned, I didn't have to stick my bottom out behind a tripod and do a squeaky toy or whatever. I developed my own style to get people to smile and interact with them. And you have to do the same thing. You have to kind of do what comes natural, of course, while being appropriate and you know, all those other things. Yeah. Cause there's a lot, there can be a lot of, you know, the chaos and things that happen on the day, but you do have to, you know, again, re- remain calm and cool. I just uh, came off of five straight days of, of Sikh and Hindu Indian weddings. And those are just a whole other level of, of 
craziness going on. So you have to be, you know, you got to remain calm under pressure. And there are times you have to be assertive. You have to, you have to kind of get in there. I don't know if if you guys have ever photographed Sikh or or, Mm -hmm. um, Hindu weddings, right? They can be, you know, family, everybody's kind of crowded in and you have to, you have to kind of get in there and, and fight for your turf almost to get, to get the shots, to get, you know, things done, um, you know, at certain events, right? So you do have to be a bit assertive at times and not be afraid to kind of jump in there. And so if you're very timid and shy, Maybe maybe those types of cultural weddings might be a, a real challenge for you, right? So right, but people attract you know, like like you're saying, you kind of attract like attracts like, right? So you tend to work a lot with couples and clients that are kind of a fit for you, right? So if you're mm-hmm. kind of more right. outgoing and gregarious, that might be the type of client that you attract. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're you know quiet, more subdued, calm, maybe that's the type of client that you attract. Generally, there's always going to be exceptions, right? But for All the right. most part, I think we find that a lot of the clients that we photograph for. Are, are are similar to us like they'd be people probably that you know we would hang out with or you know at least they yeah. would invite us to their wedding type of people right so <laughs> yeah i absolutely agree with that so I, what's I think, the i think oh, i'm just i just want to comment like and i don't know if i want to necessarily bring this into a whole different direction but maybe just as a comment and we can see if we want to discuss any further but a lot of these things that was listed in this blog post and i think a lot of the things that uh, we as an industry and as a community discuss are often things that are very me focused Right. Like they're very um, almost in a way selfish, you know, like I need to be honest. I need to be passionate. I need to have these things. I need to be certain ways. And I guess my only thought about that process of, of thinking selfishly about those things is, is it is very me focused. And, and there's this concept uh, or there's this idea, I guess, and just ha- sort of how human beings think. Um, Tony Robbins actually talks a lot about it, where it's what you focus on, you'll move towards, right? So he uses a simple example of if you're in a really tight parking lot, if you're trying to back out and you're saying, don't hit that car, don't hit that car, don't hit that car, don't hit that car, you'll probably hit the car, right? But if you say, go into that free space, go into that free space, back up into that free space, because you're focusing on the positive, like you end up going in that direction. Right. Mm. And so I think these things are very me focused. And, and I, and I think that that is a, a wrong direction for us to take um, when trying to become better people for our clients. Cause that's who we're doing it for really. Mm-hmm. So when I look at that list, like my immediate thing was to look at that list and say, they're very me focused. And I sort of made a small little list here of my own to think like, what are the things that I think are, are more in line with personality traits that we have to um, exhibit, but that are more client focused. And I came up with a list like relatable. Like I think we need to be relating with our clients on, on on a very, like we need to find common ground with people very quickly. Right. That's a huge thing, but that's very them focused, not us focused. Does that fall in a bit with empathy? I I would say empathy, but empathetic almost takes the, the, the route of like, I need to understand people so that I can find that. Whereas I'm saying, Mm -hmm. I'm saying we need to be relatable to them and find what they're interested in. And that was my next thing was interested. Like we need to find what's going for them and, and um, how can I relate to them in, in, in a, in a better way. Right. Yeah. So how'd you do that? Give me some examples. Cause I, I agree with that one too. I think we spend a lot of time up front getting to know our clients and getting to know our couples and finding out what their likes and interests are so right. that we can, you know, even if it's just a discussion point when we're out yeah. doing formals to lighten the mood a bit, get them talking. I, I think it goes well beyond even just like, again, these are personality traits, not that are not, you know, just in the silo of being a wedding photographer, but I think it even goes further than just with your bride and groom. Like there's many times on a wedding day where I'll see someone photographing, you know, like a, a guest or something and they'll have a camera and I'll be like, oh, are you trying to take a picture? Like you should try to, you know, move over this way or try doing this, right? So you use a Nikon. Do you like it? Blah, blah, blah. And I'll find some kind of common ground with them <clears throat> or I'll see someone pull in and like 
a, you know, a Volkswagen Jetta and I'll be like, oh, how do you like your Volkswagen? Like, I've got a Tiguan. I love mine. It's really great and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. it just starts a conversation. And then all of a sudden, although that's not my bride and groom, and I'm not trying to be best friends with everybody. I think that being relatable to more people and having that presence on a wedding day ultimately improves the experience for everybody, you know, because then next time that uncle talks with the bride and groom, they're going to say, oh man, like your wedding photographer, like he was such a nice guy. I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. And there's all these things that can then affect um, the sort of the perception of who you are and and what kind of a photographer you are. Hmm. So I think just finding like just for that specific idea, finding things that um, you can quickly make um, connections to and then using that as like a starter of a conversation yeah excellent okay what else have you got on your list um so so uh interested was the other one and i think that it's again going back to the sort of dale carnegie 101 it's like become genuinely interested in other people and i think that that is very relevant for us as wedding photographers because we're photographing people on what is the most important day in their lives? And so there's so many times that I hear photographers talking about on a wedding day, or I'll hear a, a florist or a videographer start talking about other weddings they photographed. It's like, no, like the only wedding that I've ever photographed on a couple's wedding day is that couple's wedding. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the only wedding they'll ever talk about. Um, and then when I'm planning with the bride and groom, although I want to obviously make it known that I have experience and that this isn't my first wedding. I want to make sure that everything is relating back to them. I don't want to go on some story that is completely unrelated to them. I want to find ways that I can become genuinely interested in their plans. Like what are they thinking? How did they meet? What are, what's their decor? What's their theme? What's their timeline? Like I want to find things that's, that's relevant to them. Mm. So I yep, think, I think, sense. you know, being interested in other people and being genuinely interested, again, this comes to the whole like honesty part, being, being genuine or authentic, like Robert put it, I love that. Um, you've got to be genuinely interested. It can't be like the fake, you know, like used car salesman or like the furniture salesman. Like when I go to Leon's, it's like, what's your daughter's name? She's very cute. It's like, you don't care what my daughter's name is. You just want to sell me a bed, right? Right. So it needs to be, it needs to be completely genuine, but I feel like we're connecting with people on a much deeper level by photographing their wedding than someone would be with me if I was buying a couch for them. Right. So right. I think that we have yeah. more opportunity to dig deeper with them. Um, so yeah, I think, I think being interested um, is another, is another big one. Excellent. Robert, what yeah. would you add to the, to the list that wasn't there? Well, and if you're not that person that's, you know, maybe you are, and, and it comes down to insecurities, I'm sorry. I mean, if right. you're, you know, it comes down to being insecure and not being in that situation. But I think Brian made a couple great points. Like, if, if that's not naturally you, then start asking questions that, you know, based on the information that he just gave you, you know, like you, you ask your couples or guests on the wedding day, like, you know, whatever it is, like, hey, that's a really great, you know, like, jacket or shirt or like you said finding commonalities but just asking especially your couples you know like asking questions especially in a in a meeting we've talked about this you know how did you guys meet how did he propose tell me about your decor Mm -hmm. what's your vision what's you know get them talking about yourselves and you stop talking about yourself and you're gonna win a lot more just by following those simple rules if that's not naturally you know who you are Mm mm-hmm um, one of the things, I don't know if this is a personality trait, but, uh, you know, looking at that list, um, I think on a wedding day, and that doesn't matter what you shoot a photographer, this is a great trait to have is really sort of anticipation, anticipating a moment, mm-hmm. anticipating what might have happen, put yourself in a position to capture an image, um, that could possibly happen, mm-hmm. but a really good photographer sort of anticipates and thinking, you know, 10 seconds ahead of 
what could happen, um, what would happen if I went here and did this, you know, you know, things like that. Like I always try to do that. Um, you know, I always say I, one of my favorite parts about the wedding day is sort of the thrill of the hunt. What can I come back with? What emotional moment can I capture that day? Because yes, we spend a, a long time, you know, or plenty of time, you know, doing family pictures and sort of setting up things from time to time. But it's like, what are those real, raw, authentic, you know, crying, heart bleeding moments that can I capture that day? Yeah. So just sort of anticipating, you know, always thinking ahead, you know, 10, 20 seconds. All right. All right. What's my next move? What's my next move? And, and how that's going to affect, you know, if I go here during the ceremony when the coordinator told me not to, what could happen? You know, right. is, it, is it really worth yeah. the shot? You know, or should I follow the rules or maybe should I bend them just a little bit? Or, you know, it's just sort of having common sense, but, you know, anticipating each moment throughout the day. Yeah, for sure. Damn, I was going to do that one. You stole mine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I, no, I think right. I, I just I want to maybe just comment on that a little bit because I think that it breaks out to be I think that that's a personality trait that is um, extremely applicable um, on the photography side of it. But I think if we pull back a little bit further and look at the sort of overlying principle on that, which is like the idea of being aware or being present, right? I think that that um, obviously then opens up a huge realm of uh, benefits to both you and the client, both from a photographic standpoint, because if you're truly aware, if you're truly present, if you're actually observing and listening to what's happening around you, then all of a sudden you're going to find those little moments to photograph and to create some really meaningful image. But then also, um, if you are aware on the personality trait side, where it's like being cognizant of your surroundings, right? And being sort of like sensitive to the way that people are or some of the mood or the feelings or to kind of catch those little um, nonverbal cues that people give out that would sort of indicate whether you should go in or you should not go in or you should do certain things or right. while wow, this moment is like maybe too private that I shouldn't photograph this, right? Or like little things like that. I think just being aware in general is a good trait to have because it's going to um, affect and inspire your photography, but then also affect and inspire um, how you show up in a room. Yeah, right. and knowing, knowing like, yeah, being aware and knowing when, you know, when it's time to maybe give your couple a break. Yeah, because right? it's, it's, totally, it's easy yeah. for us. Like we could keep shooting and shooting and shooting, totally, right? But yeah. the couple sometimes you can tell like, and I, you know, yeah. I always look for these little signs, but you can kind of always tell and it's usually the groom, but sometimes it's the bride. You can always tell when they've kind of reached this point where it's like, okay, we need to like, yeah, let, you guys need to just go take 10 minutes, go yeah. have a cocktail, take a little break. We're, we're going to go do this while you relax. And they come back and they really appreciate it because then mm -hmm. they, you know, they get a chance to kind of like breathe relax and because it can be a long it's a long stressful day for them too so you have to be aware that they have their limits and things too um right you know they, and not to push them too far even though you you might it result it might result in a great image uh you know you, you don't want to push them to that point where they just like sh shut down completely and then you lose exactly them. right yeah, another time that shows up for me, and and I'm I'm probably overly aware of things like this, but just because it's part of my personality, um, in the morning, right? Like, let's say, just for example, we're at the salon photographing the bride and groom, or the bride and groom, sorry, the bride and her bridesmaids, um, and I photograph with my wife, right? So she comes with me. But something that I've always been aware of, even when I've had second shooters or other other photographers assisting me when I, my wife couldn't make it, I would always be overly aware of how we show up in that room. Um, because I don't want it to be where like we're standing in one place for too long with this giant camera pointing at all these girls who are like 
kind of very raw and getting ready and all of a sudden becoming very camera aware. You know, if you're if you're in a in a little salon and you're staying in the same corner, pointing the camera at the same bridesmaid, getting her, her hair and makeup done, like she can't move. Right. So all of a sudden she's like kind of like looking like awkward and she knows you're you're there and she's all of a sudden her her com- demeanor completely changes and then it just becomes kind of awkward for people. Um, so I, I like to be like very aware of that and very sensitive to that where I'll take a quick image. But then I don't want to stay in one place for too long. I want to kind of be moving around a lot. I also don't want it to feel like we're circling the room. Right. It's mm. like it's like where's the photographer now? They're like looking around. So sometimes I'll just kind of sit and chill or I'll just like go and talk with one of the bridesmaids or something and say, Oh, I noticed that, you know, you've got your daughter over here. We've got a daughter too. How old is she? Blah, blah, blah. And I'll find that common ground. And again, that's, that's my personality. So it's not gonna work for everybody, but then all of a sudden you can help them become less camera aware mm-hmm. by, by noticing you as a person in the room, as opposed to, you know, you being just the photographer, the camera that moves around the moving tripod type of thing. Hmm. So I think that's really important. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a, you need to become a part of the day. Yeah. Not, it's not your day. And I've seen, you know, witnessing a lot of photographers and video videographers, I'm not picking on them, but I'm, you know, I'm usually at weddings with somebody else, obviously that's not my team and I'm watching some of the things that they do. And, you know, Brian even said it earlier, it's like, don't have the day self-centered around you you know, we're there as part of the day. We're part of a team of vendors uh, working towards one common goal, making sure the bride and groom have a uh, great day. And of course, your job is to make sure that they have beautiful wedding photos. But you can't be so unaware or absorbed in what you're doing and thinking that you're the most important thing that it's uh, obtrusive. I've witnessed this so many times before. And again, I'm sorry I'm picking on video people, but that's who I watch at the wedding. <laughs> right. um, I was on a, a bus one time, you know, we were going from one place to the other. And uh, this person had, you know, shooting super eight and was getting all crazy. And, and he's in the bus and he's just totally just like putting his backside in bridesmaids' faces. And the, the final is he's like, oh, he goes to sit down right in front of the bride and sits on one of the bridesmaids' face. I mean, you have to like, it's just, you have to be aware of what you're doing. And I think as a photographer, I think the best example for us or as something similar to anybody is just when you're backing up, think about that. You know, we're backing mm-hmm. up to get a shot no matter when or where it is. We need to look behind us and see what that's going to affect, whether there's a pool behind you or whether you're going to step on a little kid <laughs> or, you know, whatever that is. But, you know, it's just really having awareness and, and forethought to to you know know that the day doesn't revolve around you you revolve around the day yep yep yeah i'm very aware i'm very aware of our surroundings and if i'm getting in front of somebody i try to minimize the amount of you know if i'm if i have to get in front of somebody i'll say something and say i'm just gonna step in front of you for a second get this shot and then i'm gonna get out of your way just so that i'm not so then they don't be like oh all you know that photographer just stood in front of me the whole ceremony and i couldn't see like particularly like i try to not get in that front row and get in front of the parents right try to be very unobtrusive during those times so yeah being very aware of like your surroundings and that comes back also to anticipation is sort of anticipating that something you know could happen i felt awful one time i was photographing an indian wedding and uh 
there was, you know, it gets very crowded and there's a lot of people running around and, and whatever. And just, I wasn't, I didn't see him out of the corner of my eye. And I had just, like, I was shooting with two cameras. So I was just dropping one camera to the side of my body and it had my 70 to 200 on it. Oh, oh And this little, probably about three year old, came just at that exact moment, came running past my hip as I dropped my camera. And the, the, the lens hood front end kind of connected right in his face, <laughs> knocked the poor little kid down. I was just like, Ah, but the parents were there. They're like, oh, no, he shouldn't have been there. It's, you know, his father said, I'm really sorry. I just didn't see him. Right. Because it's it's right. sometimes you get the blinders on and you're in the moment capturing stuff. So, yeah, yeah. being aware and, and being, uh, you know, watching, anticipating the, these, you know, things could happen. Right. Kinda the being aware part, too, I think, especially comes in during toasts. You know, mm. yeah, totally. When we're totally. in a room shooting toasts, like you have to think about who you're saying. And sometimes you're right. You have to stand in front of someone really quickly, but you know, like Bruce said, that's a really great, I'm going to step in front of you. Let me get a few pictures and then get out of the way. But like, I'm always aware of where are the parents and where, you know, the most important people, of course, I don't want to be standing in front of. And occasionally I have to block other guests, but even when I'm doing that, you know, I might go out on the dance floor, shoot seven or eight pictures of the person talking and then get off the floor. You know, I'm not standing there during the entire toast. You know, I recognize, you know, a lot of times the video people are on tripods and they have to, and that's great. But, you know, we don't need 10 people out on the dance floor. You know, once I have that picture, I'm done. Yeah. And being, that's a good one. Video one's a good one. You have to be aware too that, you know, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship, right? Yes. You're, you're trying to not get in their shots and they're trying to avoid being in your shots, right? So the more you can work together and be aware of where they're going to be and where yeah. they're shooting from. So, we, you know, if there's video people, we always talk to them beforehand and say, hey, where are you going to be set up for this part? Mm-hmm. Just being aware of like, because sometimes you might not know that, hey, they've got a camera set up. Like I was at a wedding just recently and the guy did a, he had a Theta one of those Ricoh Theta 360 mm. cameras or whatever. So he was yep. capturing a 360. So I just, you know, said, oh, I, I see that it's there. I'll do my best to try to like not block it or stand yeah. in front of it. And he really appreciated <laughs> like, that, right? Please don't go in front of the camera. You mean yeah. don't go anywhere? Don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but little things like that. So being aware, yeah, of, of just yeah. other vendors and what they're doing, right? Right, that's yeah. A, that's, a, that's a huge personality trait, I think, that yeah. is good to have. I want to ask both of you guys, what do you think is both your strongest trait and your weakest personality trait? Brian, let's start with you. Oh, wow. On the spot. Okay, here we go. That's okay. I think awareness is, is my biggest one. I think yeah. like I, I'm very, um, I'm very um, good at being able to sort of walk into a room and then quickly. Um, and I guess this is even, this is now transcended to, to Sprout and how I came up with the idea for Sprout and everything I've done in terms of, um, in terms of educating, I, I like to, I can break things down very easily. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can look at a room and like quickly assess like, okay, don't go over there. This background's good. The light's great over there. This person's here. Watch out for that. Go here. And I can kind of chop it into its little pieces very quickly. Um, and then, so with that, obviously that's, that's how I can, you know, uh, take a business concept and then, and then chop it up into like simpler steps and, and break it down to, to help teach. So that's obviously, uh, inspired the way that I teach as well. Um, in terms of my, my, um, a weakness, um, I, I would, I would almost wonder if somehow that, that in and of itself is sometimes a weakness too, right? Because it's like, sometimes I'm overly sensitive and, and I'll actually sometimes err on the side of, um, being empathetic, um, as opposed to getting the shot. Right. And and I'll give an example of this. There was one wedding I photographed in 2011 and it was outdoors in the middle of the summer, um, in this area at the botanical gardens that we have here, it was in full sun. 
and it, and it was hot out. It was like feels like forty five um, for our uh, American friends. That would be <laughs> what like one hundred and ten, I guess, or something. I don't know. It was, it was really warm, oh. right? Very, very, very warm. Thank you and, for clarifying uh, that for your American. Yeah, friends. yeah. They're, they're like forty five. <laughs> that's cold, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so I'm photographing the 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 ceremony, and the bride and groom are making their vows, and so I'm in the back of the of the sort of aisle in the green area and stuff, and photographing them. And then all of a sudden, I sort of, you know, recognize the um, best man. He starts to do like one of those little like, like wobbles and he ends up passing out like right on top of the bride and groom, like right in the middle of their vows. It was like right out of an AFV, you know, video type yeah, of thing. Yeah. And in that moment, um, I had to make a judgment of do I photo because everyone was, was worried. Right? Everyone kind of got out of their seats like, <gasps> like there was all these gasps. Right. And I'm thinking. Do I photograph it? Because this is a memory of the wedding day, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Um, or um, I don't want to be that jerk that ends up photographing, you know, the, the, the best man, the brother of the, of the groom, you know, having a heart attack or, or, or passing or whatever happens, right? right? Like, I didn't want to be, like, you know, in, insensitive towards that. So I ended up not photographing it. I think that's a good call. I've been in similar. But, but the don't. funny thing about it's it's hard, right? But then afterwards, right? He kind of just, he passed out because of heat and apparently he does it all the time. I didn't know that. So afterwards, right? The bride and groom get him up. They, he sits down. They all kind of laugh about it. And immediately the groom looks to me. He goes, did you get that? And I'm like, no, I didn't get it. You know, um, he wasn't upset or anything, but he was yeah. sort of curious if I got it. But that was a time and an example when my, um, my, my, my sensitivity and my, my, um, my over over empathetic personality, I suppose, mm. um, ended up winning over me wanting to capture the moment. So you wouldn't be a good war photojournalist, is what you're saying? No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> but Brian, Probably, the, you're gonna... the good thing about that is, if it happens again to you, there'll be 50 other people that will get the shot. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, Robert, how about you? What do you think is your strongest personality trait, and what do you think is your weakest? Um. I'll do weakest first. Um, I still think it comes back to a little bit of the shyness, you know, like maybe, you know, letting that personality trait affect, uh, you know, what I maybe didn't get. Um, I think I've pretty much moved past it. But at the same time, like I said, like I even I said it earlier in the show, you know, if I'm in a situation where uh, I have to do just recently, I did a, a wedding. And uh, I didn't have an assistant. It was kind of like a second wedding. So it was really just a reception. And I was like, I don't need somebody else. I'm just going to do it. But I had to shoot cocktails. <laughs> it's like in that position where like, I'm like, oh, I've got to go engage people, you know. But I just, it's, it's all about challenging, you know, yourself and your weaknesses. And, and I did. And I was fine with it. And like, it's literally like once you shoot two or three of them, you're, you know, you're sort of in that groove and you can do it. But it's almost still painful for me because I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to go. do. But I, I challenge myself and I go do it. And I, you know, and, and I try to have fun with the people. So, you know, I've learned like, like, you know, relating to them, talking to them, ask how they're doing. Hey, you guys want to get a photo? How's everyone doing? Great. That's a great purse or it's a great, you know, like giving compliments and sort of making it a game to myself. But I mean, I still think like it's still a challenge to me. It's still something that I think about. It is not second nature. So I would say that's probably still w- would be my weakness. And I think, you know, then playing on my strengths, it's just sort of, again, being authentic, being real, uh, you know, being able to, I'm very calming. I've had many brides say like, oh my gosh, you have such a calming presence when they're mm-hmm. nervous. So 
it that's something that I don't try to do. That's sort of just part of me. Um, but again, like how you react to things and when things aren't maybe going exactly perfect. Um, you know, I remember again another quick story. Long time ago, I was still shooting Hasselblad. I was shooting a wedding. I'm at the front of the aisle. Uh, I had my Hasselblad and it had a big Mets battery that had like batteries that pop in below it. It's like a cluster. And I'm shooting two or three people come down the aisle. And uh, for whatever reason, I didn't push the battery in far enough. And it comes falling out of the camera, hits the ground, breaks all over the place. And now I don't have a battery in my flash. And I think it was at night. Um, and I either had an assistant close by or I had a second one in my pocket because I always had backup close. And I just literally like popped the new one in and kept shooting and didn't react to what happened. And the ceremony just went on. So yes, there was a noise and a bang, and, but it didn't change anything. So it's like, again, how you react to a situation, I was prepared to deal with it. Um, but your influence, going back to being calming, your influence and how you're dealing with a particular situation influences those around you. So if you're crazy and stressed out while the bride's crazy because she's stressed out and now you're feeding into her stress, then everyone's stressed. But if you do have that, you know, like they'll say me, I'm calming and I'll just sort of like, it's going to be okay. We have plenty of time. We're going to get through this. Don't worry about it. You know, just talking to them and, and, you know, being, being myself, basically, you know, I think that's a big plus. Um, This isn't a personality trait, but being invisible as possible. Brian talked about that a little bit, you know not staying in one spot, moving around. You know, that's mm-hmm. the things I hear a lot. We didn't know you were there and you're a very calming presence, you know. Bruce, what about you? I knew you were going to ask me. I, knew you were gonna ask. I thought I was going to be able to get away with it. <laughs> no way, not that easy. <laughs> um, I would say my, it's, it's kind of my week. We, my week one would probably be a little bit on the anticipation because like, I think I'm good at anticipating certain moments, but I do catch myself a lot of times, particularly during like the, the reception and speeches, where I, where I forget to shoot through the moment, if that makes any sense. So mm-hmm. I'll like, they'll do the speech, I'll shoot through it, and then I kind of get the blinders on a little bit. And then I, 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 I relax and put the camera down when there's like at the crescendo of say the joke or something like that. So I've, mm-hmm. I've got to work on my anticipation and my timing of getting better with the, re- like I'll shoot the, I'll shoot what they're saying and then think I've kind of got it and then relax the camera down and then the true, like the full laughter comes through or whatever or the sad or whatever it is right and then i'm like grabbing the camera again but then but sometimes I've, I've missed that little that little nuance right there's that moment right so just being better at anticipating and shooting through moments i think is something that i'm constantly trying to remind myself and to and to work on and i think i'm getting better at it because i am trying to be more conscious of it for sure so and then my strongest i would have to say is probably probably remaining calm under pressure and just projecting that outward, even if things are falling apart, just projecting, you know, that everything's going to be fine. Cause again, it's, they always say, you know, the camera looks both ways. So I'm always trying to be happy and cheerful and, and, and keep very upbeat, you know, even if things are going kind of a little bit, a little bit sideways, I'll, I'll share a fun story. We had one, we had a couple of few years ago that um, they got into a, a, a big fight with one another uh, <laughs> after the ceremony uh, so we, we come time to do formal, formal photos and we get to the location where we're photographing and all the wedding party is out, uh, sort of standing outside the limo and no sign of the bride and groom, but we can hear them from a long way away. We can hear <laughs> oh, them no. and they are dropping like F bombs and C bombs and like wow. nobody's business. And we sort of, we're like, 
oh, what's going on? And and uh, the couple said, well, they're having a little bit of a bit of a disagreement at the moment. And this disagreement went on for about an hour and a half, and oh, they no. were not going to have anything to do with each other. They did not want to stand next to each other to get photos. So we had to like project this that everything's fine, everything's calm. We had to become almost a little bit of like Dr. Phil um, right. for the day, just sort of calm them down and eventually managed to convince them like, guys, you know, look, it's your wedding day. You're going to really regret if we don't spend some time, get some nice photos of you together. So we had, we ended up only having about 10 minutes with them where we were, we were able to get them to kind of together and get them like somewhat comfortable and in, in, in some nice photos and they love the photos and everything was fine, but we had to project this you know, outwards, we had to keep calm and, you know, it would have been very easy to just be like, you know, kind of sort of freaking like, ah, what are we going to do? They don't want to come right. doesn't want to, doesn't want to do any photos together. So that was a, a situation where we just had to be very calm and, and, and get through it. And it was all good. So, and they appreciated it afterwards. And at the end they were like really sorry about what happened earlier. You know, hope, hope it wasn't <laughs> awkward for you. And we were sort of like, oh no, not, not at all. It's like, yes, it yeah. was extremely <laughs> awkward, but no, it's fine. Like, so, oh, it happens all the time. It happens okay. all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. So, yeah, that's not the worst. That's not the worst story. That's the worst thing that's happened to us ever. But I did have a friend of mine who she had a situation where at the reception, the mother of the bride um, had a heart attack and actually died on the dance floor during the reception. And she what? was like, I, nobody knew what to do. Right. Like, like she's just like she put her camera down. She was like Brian. She's I'm not photographing them. Putting the camera down because nobody knew at the time. Like they right. they got her out of there, but she passed away later. The but just Jeez. something awful, right? But that's just a, probably one of the worst situations I could think of where sort of like you know the world falling apart during what's supposed to be the happiest time of their lives. I mean, and in a like, situation like that too, like that is what like Brian says. Where you, whoever said it, that is way beyond your control. Mm-hmm. You know, like. You just, you know, I think then it's important to sort of go with what's happening. I had the same situation. It wasn't the mother of the bride. I had a guest die at a wedding. Same thing. Heart attack dance floor. Paramedics Jeez. came. Defibrillators. They take the guy away, you know. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, it stops the party for 45 minutes. And I'm like, what's going to happen? And um, the bride and groom are like, let's go on. So they hadn't cut cake or Got a bouquet. They went right back to the party. And granted, it wasn't a mother, but you know, it's like again, it's all how you deal. They could have ended the reception right there and on a mm-hmm. on a downer, but they chose. This is somebody else making that decision, but they chose to let's continue. Let's cut the cake and throw our bouquet and dance a little more, and you know, end the night not on that memory. Yep, for sure. So I want to wrap this discussion up. I want to ask both of you guys with these uh, personality traits. Do you think? personality traits are something that somebody can be taught or can be learned, or do you just think it's kind of part of our DNA and our makeup and and who, who we are? Like, what do you guys, what are you guys thoughts? I mean, both, you can't, you can't, we've talked about how we've sort of overcome some of ours, but I mean, if you don't have it, you don't have it. I mean, if you, one of you mentioned, if you get into it and you're like, yeah, this isn't job for me, then, you know, do everyone a favor and don't do it. But I think, you know, you can overcome some of them, but personality is a very important part of this puzzle. You know, to be a great wedding photographer, you know, I I would say even the bigger is the personality, the second is the talent or the skill. Yeah. Brian, what do you think? Um, 
I have a pretty strong thought on this. Surprise! <laughs> um, I, I, I think, um, and, and it actually, it's rooted, um, you know, one, of the, one of the best ways that I've seen this idea represented is um, uh, an author by the name of Marcus Buckingham. And um, he's got a whole bunch of books. I think it's like Strengths 2.0 and the Strengths Movement, like a whole bunch of things like that. He does a bunch of writing about like finding your strengths and working within your strengths. But I remember he actually made a, a DVD, a video, um, like maybe seven or eight years ago. And I bought it when it first came out and I still have it. I love it. It's called Trombone Player Wanted. Um, I definitely encourage anyone to look for it. Maybe you can even find it on YouTube. I'm not sure. It's a bit older now. But his sort of argument and the way that he puts it, which I think summarizes my thoughts on it, is that people don't change. They just become more of who they are. So people don't change. They just grow into more of what they already have. You know, so it's like if you were just, he uses the example, if you were just like horrible at math, right? Like what we've been trained to, to do through schooling is that, you know, if you get an A in music, an A in art, and then an F in math, everyone will try and get you to focus on math, right? To improve math. His argument is that if that's just not part of your DNA, if that's not who you are, if that's not um, part of your personality, then you're going to go from an F to like a D, right? You're not going to make huge strides there. You're not going to all of a sudden become an A student. You're not going to change who you are by focusing on your weaknesses. So um, I think that's, I strongly believe in that. I, I believe that oftentimes... Um, we put ourselves in the way with that stuff. So I think sometimes what we think might be a weakness might just be fear showing itself in a different way. So I don't necessarily know that, you know, what we think are our weaknesses are always actually our weaknesses, but more so just our, um, our, our unwillingness to try something uh, for fear or for whatever other reason that we may have. Um, but, but I think regardless of, of how you are, I think, I think a lot of people can be really successful wedding photographers. I think that there's certainly, you know, these are like the common traits that we've sort of discussed today. Um, But I've also seen people that, you know, fall well outside that norm, be very successful as a wedding photographer. If you structure your business and run, you know, uh, your photography and, and treat your clients in a way that's genuine for you. You know, it's like two extreme examples would be someone who is like an extrovert, completely outgoing, just as like loves to feed off of people, loves to like throw directions around and do all that stuff. Like they would be a great wedding photographer, right? They'd go out there, they'd take control of the room and, and they could make that work really well for them. So you might say in listening to that, well, that's not me. And so therefore I wouldn't be a wedding photographer, but I would say the converse. I'd say, but if you're an introvert, if you're more shy, reserved and, and observant and you kind of very analytical about things, if you make your business about that and now you're the, the purest, the photojournalist of mm-hmm. photography, right? Where you just go and observe and you make that part of your brand and your business, clients will hire you for that. So it's not to say that one is right, one is wrong. You just have to make sure that you become self-aware of what makes you tick and what your strengths are and how you can best use that to run a successful photography business. And I think a lot of people um, can be successful photographers if they structure, wedding photographers, if they structure their business around their strengths. Yeah. And I think to kind of cap, put a cap on it is I think just being honest with yourself, right? Being yeah. honest with what are my strengths and my weaknesses? Where, you know, where, where does that fit? And what mm-hmm. does that look like for my business? And not trying to be somebody that, that you're not or, or yeah. force yourself into some mold just because you think that like you see some other wedding photographer who's successful and you want to make yourself like that person, but that's just not who you are. It's not gonna, it's just not gonna work, right? Right. In, in the long run. Maybe, maybe you can do, you know, in the short term, you can do it, but you know, over the long haul, it's just not gonna, 
it's just not going to work, right? So right. being honest with yourself and being true to yourself in terms of, you know, you know your strengths and your weaknesses and, and play to those. Well, I, th- I think I think the, the prerequisite for that, though, is to understand yourself, right? I think that mm-hmm. um, you can try and be honest with yourself, but if you don't understand that, then you've got to, like, I, I think that, I don't think that our industry spends enough time really asking ourselves the right questions so that we understand how we can best serve our clients. And so, so I think like that would be almost like a prescription that I would love our listeners to go and do is to like dig deeper into, not, I mean, this isn't, you don't have to go like to, to, to the mountaintops and like be Zen for a couple of weeks to really, you know, find your true self, but just like start to understand yourself better. So you know how you can be genuine to, to what you discover about yourself. Yeah. Good point. Very good. Well, hopefully that gives some people uh, things to think about when it comes to pers- their personality traits. What's, you know, what's your strengths? What's your weaknesses? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, join in on the discussion on our Facebook group and, and share your thoughts. All right, let's move on then. Um, we've got a listener question this week. So uh, each week we'll choose a listener question. And this week we've got a question from Jacques. Uh, Jacques asking basically his questions boils down to, um, kind of screen calibration. So he says here that, uh, you know, he edits on screens that have been calibrated using the spider, which is a color calibration tool. Um, you know, then we check it on, on a couple of other PCs and on each PC, the image looks different. Sometimes it's too light. It's too dark. So he's wondering like, how do our clients see them? And how do you control what they see on their end as far as the digital, like what if they're not happy because the, the image doesn't look uh, like it does on your on your screen. So who wants to who wants to tackle that one? Sounds like a Brian question. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I would say first of all that you know if you're relying on an, an online gallery to be the way that your clients view the images and enjoy the images, then you're probably um, not serving your clients in the best way possible, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, you know, the three of us often when we talk about sales or in customer experience or in setting expectations, we often talk about things like prints or albums or things like that. And I think that um, that needs to be made really clear to your clients. You know, it's like, hey, here, here's a gallery or here's your digitals, whatever it is. Um, you need to set those expectations to say like, obviously like they may not look right in your computer if that's how you, if that's how you're gonna be enjoying them. Um, but but my recommendation would be that you actually don't give the files until the album is in anyways. And that way they know what they're comparing it to, right? They're looking at this beautiful printed album that has no um, ability to be interpreted as anything else. Right. Unless they're, they're colorblind, right? In which yes, case yep. they're like, why are all the images black and white? Oh, it's like, white. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess there's nothing you can do about that. But uh, that way at least they've got sort of a baseline to go with, right? Um, something that, that I did um, many, many years ago to, to sort of start this is with digitals, whenever we deliver any digitals to our clients, we also deliver prints with them. Mm-hmm. So we we made this little box with our uh, our lab, um, and we had a custom design for us where um, it's I have five mats that I put five four by sixes in that I print off here at the studio, and then with that is their USB key that they get. So whenever they get digitals, they always get five prints. So at least they can see um, the images in the way that I want them to be enjoyed, right? right? And then they have that baseline to go off of. It also enforces my brand because I'm enforcing the importance of print, which is a big part of what we believe in. As, as a studio. So that's, that's sort of what I would say, I guess. Yeah, I guess the short, end, the short story is you can't 
you can't control what they're going to see no. on their end. You have no, no. control over, you know, because they might be viewing it on a tablet, on a PC. Yeah. Every screen is going to look a little bit different. So from a digital standpoint, you can't control it. Like you yep. could have it all, you know, the, the reason to use the, the spider and color calibrate is so that you're getting consistent output between your screen and your printer. But it doesn't mean that it's going to c- calibrate it for every other viewer, right? So exactly. that's, you can't control that. And I agree with you, the album or prints are the perfect way to show it and say, have you gone, have you taken it as far as say, um, showing prints that were printed, say at like a Walmart or a Costco and in a comparison, just to sort of say like, here, look, just so you're aware, if you do take these somewhere else, this could potentially be what you, you, you would get. Robert, have you done anything like that or? Well, I agree with what Brian said without going all over it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could take, I mean, that's the thing too, is you could take your color calibrated prints and send them to Costco, send them to Walmart, send them to Apple, send them to your professional lab, send them to, you know, you pick five places and send the same five files. And I guarantee you, they're going to come back looking different. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be color shifts and things like that. So yeah, you can't control it. Um, you know, but what you can control is, you know, maybe if you want to set your monitors up so that. It has the same profiles as your as your lab and or your album company, so you know that those products going out look great. You know, I think that's the best that we can do. Another thing, like I've had this, I've had this before too. You have to remember, I've had brides, you know, compare their uh, digital files the way they see them on the computer, the color and the sharpness and the brightness to their album. Mm. And yeah. the type of album that I use is an offset print album. It's printed just like a book is and ink absorbs into paper and it's not going to quite look the exact same. So I'm like, you can't do that. You can't compare the two. They're yeah. never going to look the same. An album is not backlit. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the simple answer for Jacques is, uh, you know, do your best to make your files look good the way you present them to your client. And then I think that's, all you can do at that point you can't control how great or not so great their computers or devices yep excellent all right so hopefully that helped jacques if you have a question from uh you'd like to, us to answer uh we'd like to hear from you uh you can just head on over to thisweekinphoto.com and click on the contact us button to send us a message uh you can also submit your questions by emailing us at twipwed at this weekend photo uh or people also post questions up on our facebook group so feel free to jump in there too all right let's move on our last uh, segment is our picks of the week uh, each episode we'll share a photography related item that we think would benefit wedding photographers our pick can be anything as long as they're somehow related to photography or the business of photography mr caparici what do you have as a pick for us i totally cheated, you cheated. I, uh, I i had another pick and i swapped it out as soon as i started talking about marcus buckingham um so so i'm i'm calling my pick trombone player wanted um, for the dvd and i just i did find it on amazon so i linked it there in the show notes if uh, listeners want to go check it out um but definitely recommend uh going to watch that awesome Robert, what do you got for us this week? Uh, my pick of the week is going to be uh, just encourage my Sony and non-Sony listeners to go check out Alpha Universe. Um, well, within the last six or seven months, fairly new website for Sony, but a lot of great content over there, even if uh, you're not a Sony shooter. Of course, it's Sony related and Sony bias, but a lot of great how-to and how I shot this and no, so photographers are always looking for great uh, content about that, especially if you're interested in video, a lot of video content. Um, and there's, uh, you know, 
profiles of those articles, but then you can check out, you know, there's all the other artisans in their work and, you know, see how it relates to you. I am, I am one of a few wedding type people on, there, but there are others like Mike Cologne and well, she's, um, blanking me right now but just go alpha universe you go look excellent check it out i'm surprised <laughs> i thought for sure you were going to pick the new house of lad mirrorless medium format camera <laughs> since he used to be a hassy shooter i have not i have not looked at it yet. yeah there you go i just want to say a follow-up too uh, my last pick from the last episode was the pluto the little device that i said i hadn't uh ordered or oh used right yeah yet. But I did order it. I think it's going to arrive anytime. So uh, I will let you, I will follow up with my review of that once I get to play with it. Excellent. On a future show, we'll do, instead of a pick, we'll do uh, Robert's review of the week of, <laughs> of the item that he picked. So that sounds good. Awesome. So my pick this week, um, it's kind of a cool little thing I ran across. I haven't used it a lot yet, but uh, something kind of interesting I thought would be kind of neat. Um, it's a little service called Ripple. Um, R-I-P-L dot com. Uh, and basically it lets you create, um, they say, easily create eye-catching posts and share them on Facebook and Twitter. So what it does is it creates uh, sort of these animated um, graphics. So you can take a photograph that you have and then you can add some text to it and then it will add um, some animations to it. So if you want to add some more visual interest, say to your Instagram feed or um, Facebook or Twitter or what have you, it's kind of a neat way for uh, for designing that. So it's just a little app uh, called Ripple. Cool. I'll put a link cool. to it. And I think it is uh, like, it's probably like $1.99 or something like that. Let's just, no, it's free. It's probably got in-app purchases though, so that's how it, that's how these things yeah. usually work these if days. If you want the tongue effect, then you have to pay a dollar night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Twip Weddings. That was a fun one. I think we had a good discussion today. Um, if you're listening on our website, please subscribe to the show using the box over on the right. And also be sure to sign up for our email list to be notified uh, when new episodes launch and to get exclusive subscriber bonuses. Uh, and if you have feedback, suggestions, or comments about the show, you can reach us directly by using our contact form. Just click on the Contact Us menu at the top of the page. So before we go, what's, uh, what's everybody up to and where can our audience go to find you online? Brian, where can they go? Uh, sproutingphotographer.com is where all of my education lives. So we have a podcast all about the business of photography. You can find us on iTunes as well, uh, as well as we write actionable articles about the business of photography. So sproutingphotographer.com and uh, getsproutstudio.com if anyone's interested in diving into Sprout Studio, which is the software that uh, we created to help photographers run their business. Cool. And if they want to find you and your photography, or right? Yes, that thing I do, photography. That thing you um, do, yeah. So yeah, my, my own photography site is bcapphoto.com. B C A P P H O T O dot com. Excellent. Yeah, Mr. Evans, where can we find you outside of Alpha Universe? Where else can we find you online? Pretty much everything revolves around my name. So Twitter, Instagram are at Robert Evans. My website robertevans.com. and on Facebook, uh, Robert Evans Studio. That's very me focused, you know. Yeah, it is very me focused. <laughs> but social media is allowed to. That's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Excellent. you can find me at Robert Evans at me.com. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Oh, that's, very that's very me focused. focused yeah. <laughs> nice. 
Excellent. Well, and if you are looking for me again, I'm at Bruce Clark most places. Uh, Clark with an E. Um, if you want to see what we've been up to with our photography, you can head on over to momentsindigital.com. Uh, probably visit the blog. That's where the most recent stuff will be. You can see all the weddings and engagements and all that fun stuff we've been up to. So, And with that, that brings us to the end of another episode. Be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com for this show and all the other great shows that are part of the TWIP network. And thanks again for listening to TWIP Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time. Mm-hmm.